TAS segment, you know, the animated series segment, from our episode on Little Shop of Horrors, where we reviewed Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2, Episodes 3 and 4, we'll always have Tom Paris and Mugato Gumato. We are doing these so that, in case you don't want to go back and listen to that episode, you can want to hear our Lower Decks coverage, uh, you can go back and do that, especially since Season 4, we are going to be doing uh, live. So keep an eye out for Labor Day weekend when we will release our first episode of that, which is going to be the review on the Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover episode those old scientists. We're, release, we're planning on releasing that on Labor Day weekend. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, hang loose and enjoy this episode on Star Trek Lower Decks. We'll always have Tom Paris and Mugato Gumato. <laughs> are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Robotech. First episode of the night will always have Tom Paris directed by Bob Suarez and written by M Willis. That's the only way it was credited. I tried to look for a full name, really find one in this episode. After being assigned a special task by Dr. Ta'ana, Tendi enlists Mariner for help on the USS Cerritos. Rutherford is consumed by a mystery involving a member of the bridge crew. In this episode, we see the return of Fred Tadasior as Lieutenant Shax. <laughs> I'll admit, oh, when gosh. I first saw this episode, oh, I, what? <laughs> I did not expect where this went. Agreed. But we will get to that in a minute. Uh, Eric Baza plays the Cerritos con officer. Marcus Henderson plays Lieutenant Jet. Tom Kenny plays Quimp. Lauren Lapkus plays Jen. Paul Shear plays Lieutenant Commander Andy Billups. And in a guest role, or as a cameo mm-hmm. uh, episode, uh, role, we have Robert Duncan McNeil playing both Lieutenant Tom Paris and his commemorative plate. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the title of this episode evokes the famous line from the 1942 classic film Casablanca, as well as the title of the Star Trek Next Generation first season episode, We'll Always Have Paris which itself is also a direct reference to the Casablanca quote. This episode is the 13th episode or film to feature the name of a character played by a member of the series regular cast in its title. In this case, Tom Paris. However, in this instance, 
the named character is from the regular cast of a different series and is just making a guest appearance. This episode marks the return of Shax and explores the return from the dead phenomena that often appears in the franchise. Uh, among the, dis- uh, the discussion, uh, the sessions allude to James C. Kirk's Nexus experience from Star Trek Generations, Spock's rebirth from Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, mm-hmm. Neelix being revived by Borg technology in the Voyager episode, Mortal Coil, and the appearance of Kimtar slash Alexander Roshenko from a future alternate timeline in next, Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Firstborn. A later hallucination experienced by Rutherford depicts Shax in those aforementioned forms as well as other means that franchise characters returned, mm-hmm. including a mirror Shax dressed as James T. Kirk, coupled with an earlier reference to the mirror universe, because he did have a, uh, what do you call that? Um, a go- uh, goatee. He yeah. did have a goatee. Um uh, Shax is a Borg drone, mm-hmm. referencing the best of both worlds. Shax emerging from a Dyson sphere, a la Montgomery Scott's return in the Next Generation episode Relics. Shax dressed as Neelix from that episode of Mortal Coil, and as James Moriarty in the Next Generation episode Ship uh, Elementary Deer Data and Ship in a Bottle. Shax wearing a Star Trek Next Generation Enterprise era Starfleet Operations Division uniform with Lieutenant Ranks Pips and a Star Trek, the original series era, Starfleet Operations Division uniform with Lieutenant Stripes. During Rutherford's hallucination, one Shaq says, what was the deal with Paul's hair for that one year? Referencing to Paul's actress, Jolene Blaylock from Enterprise, uh, when she wore, and how she, she wore a wig for the character, which gave her an odd helmet hair look during the first season of Enterprise. During the same hallucination, Shaq says, in the Nexus, it's always Christmas. This is a reference to the Star Trek Generations, where Jean-Luc Picard experienced a Christmas with his illusory, illusory children and wife during his time in the Nexus. Hmm. Which both the next the Nexus was also referenced by uh, Boimler mm-hmm. when he was talking when they were talking about how people come back from the dead. Yeah. Uh, this episode marks the second time a show's abbreviation has been spoken by a character, with Boimler referring to Voyager as Voy. It also marks the second time Boimler has canonically hummed a theme to one of the shows with him briefly humming the theme to Voyager. Hmm. This episode also reveals that Mariner served aboard Deep Space Nine before the Kido overlapping with Worf's assignment on the, aboard the station. In addition to Worf, Mariner also references Odo and walks past a Quark's Bar franchise while on Quaylor 2. Mm-hmm. This episode also returns to the Bonestell Recreational Facility last seen in Star Trek The Next Generation episode Tapestry, which is where they were playing the uh, bomb jock game, the, the weird pool game. Oh, okay. Uh, in addition to the appearance of Tom Paris and artwork of USS Voyager, additional references were made to Catherine Janeway, Chakotay, Harry Kim, and the Kazon. And the time Paris broke the transwarp threshold and was turned into a salamander. A process apparently defined as a celerity-induced accelerated somatic mutation rate. If you ever wanted a definition of technobabble, that was it. (laughs) On Voyager, Tom Paris held the rank of Lieutenant Junior Grade, exempting his temporary demotion to Ensign. Here he has been promoted to a full lieutenant. Uh, In the non-canon books uh, for Voyager, most of the Voyager 
crew did receive a two grade promotion upon their return, including Paris, who became a lieutenant commander there rather than just a lieutenant. Uh, this is the appearance of Tom Paris's comm badge on the plate is different from other depictions of the same comm badge design on lower decks, including the one worn by the real Tom Paris in the episode. Gotcha. Almost done. Boimler's commemorative Tom Paris plate is a reference to the Star Trek commemorative plates released by the Hamilton collection. I remember seeing these. Mm. The Hamilton collection did not release a Tom Paris specific plate. However, in conjunction with the episode's release, Star Trek Unlimited released a plate identical to Boimler's Tom Paris plate. Also, Star Trek.com celebrated this episode as the 800th episode of Star Trek. Really? Memory Alpha's counts, where I get this information, uh, refer, ref, uh, their count refers to, re- to releases and thus differs because it includes th- the original Star Trek pilot, The Cage, and the 13 Star Trek films, and also counts the 10 feature-length episodes, which are Next Generation's Encounter at Farpoint, All Good Things, Deep Space Nine's episodes Emissary, The Way of the Warrior, What You Leave Behind, and Voyager's episodes Caretaker, Dark Frontier, Flesh and Blood, Endgame, and the Enterprise episode Broken Bow as single episodes. Hmm. Star Trek.com accounted uh, each of those as two episodes based on production numbers. That's why if you look in different spots, you'll get different numbers. Hmm. But basically, somewhere around this, uh, this show is the 800th episode of Star Trek, period. Nice. Depending on how you count. Which brings me to the end of the trivia for this. Uh, I've talked a bunch, and uh, so I'm going to let you talk for a bit. What are your thoughts on this episode? Oh, my gosh. Mariner breaks something again. (laughs) (laughs) I I understand she's the main character of this show. I get it. But every single time, like, like all the episodes I have seen, Mariner somehow does something that catapults our episode. That's what makes the show good. Yeah. It, like it's literally, she thinks she can do everything. It winds up getting herself in more and more trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she literally gets away with it like usual. Yeah. But, um, th- but the idea would be like, Oh, you're going to break for this one. Surprise, surprise to that one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the idea that the Tinley and Mariner go on this, you know, girls trip, girls trip, <laughs> and they don't know each other really. And it's more, okay, how many times can we break this, this, this scratching uh, post? We're just scr- going to call it a scratching it's, post. It's a scratching post. Yes, it's a scratching post. <laughs> We're just going to call it a scratching yes, post. Yes, scratching post. Yeah, it is definitely a scratching post. Uh, and... <laughs> I love the ending of this, though. Yes, agreed. <laughs> I'm just going to get to that. Like, just these two characters who don't know each other. And it's just like to to the very end where uh, Mariner is going to say going to try to save uh, Tinley's butt with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I just oh, yeah, like, I don't, yeah, I don't care. I don't care about the thing. I just wanted the box. I just wanted the box. And she goes in there and she, and she carries the box into her office <laughs> and then jumps into it like a cat. <laughs> well, she is a cat. She's a cat. I know. But still, that was funny. That was funny. Um, the other thing, I don't know if you caught this, was all the stuff relating to Tendy's past. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I I, I know I, a little. I, there again, I am a very little. I, mm-hmm. I know a little bit on Star Trek, but I was like, wait a minute. Isn't Tendy one of those, be like, where the women are like the dominant? But, so Tendy is an Orion. Orion, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Orions were originally introduced 
females only originally yeah, and start, in the original series. Of course. Namely, the very first uh, episode, The Cage. Yeah. The first um, uh, pilot, which most people will remember from like the ending credits because the shot of mm. the, uh, the original person who played the first Orion slave girl is always placed at the end of the first uh, mm-hmm. season yeah. during those credits. Ironically, do you know who that actress is? No. The same one who would go on to play, or was playing at the same time, Batgirl in the Batman 66 TV oh, show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Same actress. Wow. She is the first Orion Slave Girl. Really? And that's how all we knew of these characters for a long time was Orion Slave Girls. Yeah. We think they're, they were the ones who mm-hmm. were enslaved yeah. be- by fr- to Orion Slavers mm-hmm. until Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Because the Orions disappeared for three whole television series Mm -hmm. voyager makes sense it was in another quadrant but uh tng and deep space nine even though the orions were right there and could have shown up at any time never showed up for whatever Mm -hmm. reason yeah showed back up in enterprise as it was trying as enterprise was you know a prequel to the original series Mm -hmm. so it was actually bringing in old original series stuff that we hadn't seen in a while yeah and they brought back in the orions and we learned that the orion slave girls were not the slaves it was the men <laughs> that, that that was how we learned that really and that was in an episode of enterprise 40 30 40 years later nice and the fact that oh she had a past life that she decided to leave to join mm-hmm. starfleet i thought was very interesting i did and we'll come back up yeah uh, okay that's all okay. i'm gonna say i got you got you i i i like the idea of be like you get to you know recognize not recognize but you get to uh explore a little bit more tindley tindley tindy tindy's past that's not even her name tindy is her last name yeah because technically she is ensign tindy is ensign tindy. her full name mm. is uh ensign Devani tindy but yeah most people are just going to call her tindy. tindy much like uh most of us think of Ensign Beckett Mariner mm. as Mariner, mm. uh, Bradward Boimler as, as Boimler. Boimler, yeah, and Samanford Rutherford. <laughs> I think that's what it is, yeah, as Rutherford. Rutherford, but it's just like I'm or baby I'm, bear, baby, baby bear. That's what you, you've forgotten this, haven't you? It's been a while, yes. Uh, that one of those early that episode in the first season yeah. where Rutherford is going on, going into different departments yeah, and he's in security and actually does an amazing job in security, but, mm. just, but realizes he likes engineering mm-hmm. at that point is when Shaq's first called him baby bear. That's he was right. The baby bear of the department. That's, and that's right. Yeah. yeah that's and right. He, at Shaq's last line in season one was hang in there, baby, baby bear. bear. That's right. And Shaq's even calls him that baby bear in this episode that's right he does that's right that's right thank you for the reminder um but yeah this is a good episode this is where two characters get to know each other and definitely when the good doctor just like gets her be like oh i don't care about this i'm with the box <laughs> it just turns into a cat just rear yeah, with the big eyes and everything it's like what is in that box catnip <laughs> had to be as big as her eyes got <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and, and then she get... turned into baby cat there for a minute oh that was hilarious absolutely but that was hilarious. uh rutherford Rut- what is rutherford? rutherford story rutherford <laughs> trying to figure out what happened to shacks yeah that was absolutely a stare i've gotta know i've gotta know it's like 
and that one guy gets reassigned because he dared ask what happened yeah and then rutherford corners him in the turbo lift and Shaq starts to tell him mm-hmm. and we never find out the full story because apparently we don't need to know apparently <laughs> but it was going off on in crazy town yeah agreed. but i did love like the first time i saw it and mm-hmm. i was seeing all the little hallucinations and mm-hmm. stuff all being references to how past characters yeah came back from the dead <laughs> it's like oh my word even except the the dyson sphere is a little weird because yeah scotty did revive on a he was trapped in a transporter a beam in the mm-hmm. in the uh on board a ship that was crashed on a dyson sphere it wasn't mm. the dyson sphere itself that revived him mm. even though that's the basis for jj abrams's magic transporter scotty's as i call it i'm sorry that was one of the things about that movie that annoys me is scotty's magic transporter mm. that shouldn't work that way but right. beside the point yeah we're not here for that yes um oh my gosh but it's like boimler boimler boimler's story boimler's in this. story is great the, Granted, i wish tom paris had had a bigger role in this but he's almost a nothing character in this it's just a nice character to show back up for a mm. couple minutes but that whole bit where He's just trying. The ship still doesn't recognize him because of the upgraded security on the on it, right? And he's just trying to get there, and he climbs all the way to the bridge in turbo lifts, and then gets attacked, and then gets a, <laughs> and then gets attacked by Tom Paris, apparently having PTSD. Well, when you show up, be like, "You're red. You look like you're just right. like like you lost says, your it's mind." A case on. It's like. Looks nothing like a Kazon. <laughs> I'll show you a picture of a Kazon. You'll see he Boimler look nothing like. Oh, uh, okay, I got you, got you. But yeah, it's like this story is so wacky and nuts. It is. It's a good episode, but yeah. boy, is it wacky. <laughs> it, this is one of the weirder episodes. And Agreed. When I say season two is not as good, it's because of weird episodes like this that don't really seem like it season two for me and this is just a weird aside mm-hmm. um it really felt like they knew that they had they had used everything they had in season one because they didn't think they were going to get a season two maybe but season one was so well loved that they had to make a season two and really weren't sure where to go with it yeah and this is one of those episodes where it feels like we're not sure what the story is mm-hmm. yet and we're just kind of making a couple filler episodes till we figure out what we're doing yeah thankfully they do go back and reference this in like future episodes but eh, this one it's like okay yeah we ne- realized we needed to bring shacks back so mm-hmm. we're gonna have an excuse for rutherford to go wait where, where'd you go it's like and they do at least reference the fact that he's doesn't should not remember that because mm-hmm. that's some of the memory he would have lost yeah. uh, at the end of season one but he's remember starting to remember some things so yeah fair enough Fair enough. Uh, that means we need to head on to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Mugato Gumato. Directed by Jason Zurich and written by Ben Rogers. The USS Cerritos is dispatched to a plant to investigate an unexplained sighting of a dangerous Mugato. In this episode, we've got Anthony Atamanuik playing Honus. 
Robert Gilbert playing Patingi, Tom Kenny as Kink, Denobulan One, and a uh, Ferengi goon, Phil Lamar as Admiral Freeman and uh, a man, the manager, a manager, mm-hmm. Jessica McKenna as Nurse, Denobulan Two, and Ensign Barnes, Ben Rogers as Steve Stevens, and Paul F. Tompkins as Hyde. Okay. You know, Shorty played Hyde. The, oh, the green yeah, alien. that's right. That's right. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the title is a reference to the confused naming of the Mugato in the original series episode, A Private Little War. This creature was named Gumato in the script, but DeForest Ke- Kelly, who plays um, Dr. McCoy, could not pronounce the word Gumato, so it was changed to Mugato, which Kelly and William Shatner proceeded to pronounce Mugatu. However, Janos Prohaska was credited in the episode as Gumato. Okay. <laughs> the title also riffs on the expression tomato tomato mm-hmm. uh, from the song Let's Call the Whole Thing Off by George and Erwa Gershwin. This episode make, marks the first on screen appearance of the Denobulan species since Star Trek Enterprise, including their defensive face puff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Mugato were first introduced as being native to the planet Neural in the Star Trek original series episode, Private Little War. This episode marks the first appearance of a Kazinti in Star Trek canon since the Star Trek animated uh, uh, first season episode, The Slaver Weapon. While the appearance established at least one Krasinti had joined Starfleet, they may not be members of the Federation, given Riker's dialogue in Star Trek Picard first season episode, Nepenthe. Uh, Mariner calls Kink and his associates some creepy throwback la- last outpost style Ferengi, referring to the first appearance of the Ferengi and their fur-bearing uniforms as seen in the Star Trek The Next Generation first season episode, The Last Outpost. Hmm. The holographic projector that Rutherford and Boimler make resembles the makeshift cannon Captain Kirk built when he fought the Gorn in the original series episode, Arena. Hmm. Boimler and Rutherford mentioning that a compromise is an agreement that neither side is happy with is a reference to what Jonathan Archer said to Thylak Shran and Soval during their negotiations in the Enterprise second season episode, Ceasefire. Archer was the captain of Enterprise yes. and and the uh Shran and Soval were Andorians mm. who were not good characters in uh Enterprise. Oh, their characters ended up good, but they're from but the Andorians were an they were aggressive alien species, despite the fact they're one of the founding members of the Federation. Interesting. But the Federation hadn't been founded in Enterprise. So anyway. What is your thoughts on this episode? This episode is interesting. There again, it's one of those be like, oh, we got an adventure today. Yeah. And uh, I feel like this is a, a filler episode also. To be Kind honest. of. Kind of. It's, oh, we're going to go on this mission. Oh, we got to uh, preserve this, this uh, weird, weird creature. Gor- horned gorilla. Horned gorilla, horned gorilla, and they'd be like, obviously, they, they come in contact with the Ferengi. I'm saying that right? Yes, Ferengi. the Ferengi. Yeah. And uh, and, that, and they are the original Next Generation episode style Ferengi. Oh, okay. 
but yeah, it's 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 an interesting episode. Like you say, it's probably more of a filler episode, and it's more of uh, if I get these guys right, uh, Boingler and uh, Rutherford, uh, them. It's it's them nerding out over a, a strategy game, and or mm-hmm. it's a strategy game. It's a strategy game called Diplomath. Diplomath, and it's hilarious that uh, uh, Mariner is like, "This is the stupidest thing ever." And by the and end by the end, the, she's actually beating them. Yes, and like the one of the like main uh, uh, main threads throughout this entire episode that uh, Bormler and um, Rutherford believe that uh, Mariner is a spy. Like this, like this. She's a member of Section Thirty One. Which I don't understand. Section thirty-one. You saw Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. You will know Section thirty-one from that. Yeah. Section thirty-one was introduced in Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. as kind of this weird clandestine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the Federation mm-hmm. that by that time the Federation had mostly forgotten about, but it still technically existed because it is in the Starfleet Charter. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were in that episode. They were trying to get. Um, o'brien and um i think actually i think it was just they were trying to get o'brien to work for them instead mm. of and to leave the or be, to be their agent on deep space nine basically yeah. yeah but uh they mostly originally were in a deep space nine subplot we did not see them in voyager or enterprise into darkness reintroduced them to mm-hmm. most people and then it would eventually get reused in uh discovery discovery season two included a bunch of them and they were involved i think a little bit in picard season one i may be wrong on that one yeah but anyway they are essentially the clandestine uh uh secret service of the federation i got you and in a lot of cases they are dead Hmm. officially Hmm. bringing that up for a later episode i got you okay (laughs) Yeah, this was an interesting episode. It was more the the conspiracy that's like, oh my gosh, she's a like a killer assassin. Mm-hmm. That's me, like me, like she she's seen uh, uh, throwing a putting a dagger in the uh, in the shacks in the shacks and then sucking his blood. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, that part came right out of nowhere. But I was like, okay, I know that they're playing that as a joke, and she's probably just sucking the 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 poison out of him. Uh-huh. But that look kind of crazy in the middle of this fight to see it uh-huh <laughs> definitely we don't Especially have context that yeah, anything going yeah. on but it's just like in there again it's it's mariner she wants to throw you know uh, she she wants to throw this this mystery of what kind of person she is and because she's trying to keep everyone at arm's length exactly and i think it's like one of her like there again it's the kind of character to be like like she says in the episode it's be like like anytime I get someone close to anybody, they get moved up or down or whatever. Like so, Boimler did. Like Boimler did exactly. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm curious where that goes. Be like, do, do we get a full, you know, a uh, a full complement of characters who are growing together and becoming friends in the lower decks, or do we have characters move off? I would say there is one additional character that really kind of joins the main Dex characters. And we've actually seen that character in a couple episodes. Okay. Especially of this season. Um, but that character never really becomes part of the core four. Okay. I gotcha. 
All right. Yeah, this was this was a good episode. Like you said before, like you said earlier, it seems like a filler episode. Uh we're definitely not gonna get into the uh what happened with the monkeys. <laughs> that was really nothing too crazy. That's I, the I dis- that is the disappointing part of this, is you bring in the Mugato who haven't been seen yeah. since the original series. Yeah. And they you get one nice little jump scare at the beginning of the yeah. episode which you could have done a whole lot more. You could have made this almost like a comedy horror thing. Yeah, I agree. But they didn't do that. It's just, they went to this other thing where they're more worried about Mariner being, you know, this evil trained assassin. Yeah. That's going to kill everybody. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think that was primarily I, like the, kinda, the, the think, plot thread of I, this episode. I feel like the Mugato were a thing they added. And cause they had one silly little joke based around the fact that nobody, could say the, this alien race's name right mm-hmm. in the original series. Right. And they were going to play with that joke about how there were alternate uses of it, and they did that. But that joke kind of was stale after, yeah. like, the first time it was mentioned. Yeah. Uh, one interesting thing I want to point out, just because I know where it goes, is did you catch when uh, Shax was in sickbay that... uh hmm. Dr. Ta'ana kind of was giving him some special treatment. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I'm, oh bringing, gosh. I'm bringing that up because that will come back up. Oh, okay. I got you. Now, the other thing we want to talk about is Tendi. Oh gosh, Tendi. Oh, going yeah. around and getting all the people who haven't done their, gotten their physical. Yes. Test, yes. Which the physical seems very easy nowadays. And the last one is the doctor. <laughs> patient what oh two one nine point eight yeah it's like who could that be that's a weird question oh it, we that's not something we're about it's you doctor i don't want to be scared it's like you should know what this is better than anybody else you silly um, cat <laughs> and this is they chase and each they, other the entire right. time <laughs> and, then like, oh, Tendi, job, and then tendy and then tendy injures herself yeah getting the scan and she does finally get it because it's tendy but mm-hmm. she does and then the doctor says, oh, that wasn't so bad after all. It's like, you're a doctor in Starfleet. You have, a, in order to become the head doctor at this point, you look like you're 40 freaking years. You've been serving on these ships for 40 years. Right. To, uh, to Anna or the, the human equivalent of that. Uh-huh. Why the crap are you just now worried of acting like it's a big deal to get scanned by a tricorder? I don't get it. It's a, that was a weird thing, but the, I will admit the links Cindy went to. Mm-hmm. That was funny. It's that just, was that funny. was that was definitely the tertiary, the third plot mm-hmm. that was not even really focused on. This one I don't. This episode I don't feel was done as well as a lot of the others. Okay, fair enough. And, and admittedly, I had actually forgotten this episode until I rewatched it uh, this afternoon. Okay. So yeah, that's I think going to bring us to the end of this. Okay. Um. Go ahead. I agree with you. Uh, I do want to make a note. If you are watching the show or if you're watching Star Trek Lower Decks on the app, if you were watching on, uh, oh, come on, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever. the On the Paramount Plus app or through the Amazon channel? Uh, through the Amazon, not the Amazon, but the, the Paramount Plus app. Paramount Plus app. It does be like, for me anyways, be like, I'll watch one episode, try to go to the next one. It literally, it's, it literally won't do anything. You have to go in, shut the program down, reload it again, log back in, and then watch another episode. That's annoying. That is very annoying. 
So yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode. Next week, we'll be reviewing the uh, the episode Embarrassment of Duplers and Spy Humongous. Humongous. Spy so Humongous. we'll be reviewing those two episodes next time. But in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox at Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at G. George 759. His Twitter at G. George 759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. Oh, 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 oh